And now a message from our sponsor. Hey everybody, it's Bootleg Captain, Captain Bootlegs here. Yeah. If you're like me, I bet you're enjoying this Toys, Toys on, on Tap, Tap podcast. I am enjoying it, it's very nice. But did you know you can enjoy it more just by joining that Patreon? Oh, I did not know that. There are so many cool perks available on the Patreon for you. There's and also and Wow, that's really a lot of stuff if you ask Bootleg Captain. Captain I don't bootleg. understand. There were noises I couldn't hear with the person. So join today to support Toys on Tap podcast and Bootleg Art Toys. But if you're not in a position to join the Patreon, head on over to Apple iTunes and review and subscribe. That helps out the channel as well. Okay, I'll go rate it, I guess. And remember, listen to Toys, Toys on, on Tap. Captain Bootleg, the bootleg captain sent you. Why did he keep referring to himself in the third Can person? I stop with the stupid voice now? I'm not sure why you made me want to sound like a pirate. Oh, so that was a fake voice. Oh, yucko! I, I didn't realize it was just pretend voice. Oh, okay. Valishard. Hello. What's up, man? I'm so stoked to have this. So much has been going on in your life, so I'm so excited. Yeah, man. Thank you. Thank you so much for setting this up again. And uh, apologies in advance. I've been sick for like a week, so <clears throat> I sound manlier than usual. So I'm just going to kind of lean into that. I said, yeah. kind of hey, don't tell people that. Just tell them like, this is what I sound like. <laughs> yeah, man. Just, uh, it's kind of my vibe. Hey, this is where we're going to talk the whole I'll time. This all. Yeah. It's really monotone. Enjoy. This for <laughs> now. <laughs> so like, I have so many things that I want to ask about, but I mean, let's just open it up. Like we're going to start this all like it's the first one. It's fresh. So go yeah. ahead. Like you want to introduce yourself while we get started? Yeah, for sure. So uh, I'm Valishard Toys and Tapes, uh, which is not my real name fully. The Valishard is my middle name. My full name is Shadow Valishard Wolf, uh, which is weird enough on its own. Yep. And a lot of people are like, why don't, why aren't you Shadow Toys or something? And that's just too tough for me. Yeah. I'm not a strong guy. I'm not a scary guy. Uh, Shadow doesn't fit for what I do, uh, but Valishard, my middle name uh, is, is fully made up. My mom came up with it. So I use it for every screen name, username, anything, cause it's just gonna be me. So if you think Valishard, you're gonna associate it with me. Uh, so yeah, I'm Valishard Toys and Tapes. I do bootleg art figures as well as uh, custom VHS tapes. Yeah, which is rad, right? Like I always have the question of, okay, is Valishard like, let's get some meaning behind it. But I think you covered it. Like it means nothing. Yeah. Which is amazing. So, okay. We're going to start at the beginning. Cause I, uh, at one point we had talked and you were like on the cusp of like, man, I want to do this full time. So let's share that new, like you're doing this yeah. full time. <clears throat> yeah. It was, uh, the, the scariest thing I've, I think I've done at least as an adult. Uh, yeah. so I, Spent the last couple of years as a motion graphics artist. That's what I went to college for. Uh, I also, I mean, I've been a painter, digital designer, all sorts of stuff. But motion graphics and animation, that was the main thing. And I just, I was falling out of love with it. I wasn't pushing myself in that field anymore. And then over the last two years, I discovered the toy scene, started making stuff and realizing how much I loved that. And really during the quarantine times uh, and working from home, I was able to put more time and, and emphasis into making my own stuff, realized how fulfilling that was versus uh, doing motion graphics. So we were told at work, 
that we were going to start, like most people, transitioning back, going back into the office. I sort of realized if I do that, I'm going to lose all the traction that I've built uh, in 2021 with toys. Yep. And so, so and it was a decent paying job. You know, it was pretty stable. Uh, but I decided to take the leap and quit that and try doing this full time, uh, which I've now been doing for a month. Um, not something I took lightly. I, I talked to a lot of people. Uh, surprisingly, even the people I worked with encouraged me, which mm -hmm. was great. They were they weren't like, oh no, don't leave. They were like, yeah, you should you should follow your dream. Yeah. If this is what matters to you, I thought about it too. I was like, I'm 26. Uh, I don't have kids yet. If yeah. I'm gonna if I'm gonna suddenly pivot careers, now is like the opportunity. Now's the moment that I can get it done. So. Yeah, I, I just, I, I said goodbye to the job. I've been doing this and it, it's going okay, I guess. Okay. It, it's not as explosive, of course, out the gate, um, which is fine. The The tough thing in this scene that I think everyone's experienced is like, you'll, you'll work on a figure and you think this is going to hit and no one buys it. Mm. And I've had that happen a couple of times this month where I really leaned into a project and put the time in and no one cared. So yeah. that's, that's tough. You know, every week you're kind of gambling, uh, on top of though, just releasing my own stuff. I've taken commissions. Uh, I've done some freelance. I'm lucky they haven't replaced me at my last job. So I'm still freelancing with them a little bit. Okay. Uh, so I, I still have income in, in different forms, but the goal is, is to make this thing last and work. Uh, but simultaneously I am applying to real toy companies and like actual toy related jobs, because I would love to do that. Mm. Having a salary is not the worst thing in the world yeah. <laughs> if I can do something I enjoy. So I'm putting feelers out all the time, but it's, it's hard to break in, uh, in any field, but I feel like, especially in, in the toy world. But yeah. So I think what's cool about this is you're able to give us uh, a little bit of insight into something that like a lot of us don't know about. So Maybe can you explain how long you were doing toys before you decided this is like, okay, now it's time to make the shift. And then what that initial shift looked like from part-time toy maker to full-time. And then now like maybe creative strategy, like, man, this is where I'm headed because of that. So if that's possible. Yeah. So <clears throat> yeah, I started with the toy stuff two years ago, like most people, as like a hobbyist, I saw other people on Instagram doing it. And I thought, yeah, I, I have that skill set. I can sculpt, I can paint, I can, you know, Photoshop this card art. Yeah. Did it for a little bit. It was fun. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I, I kind of felt at first, uh, like every figure I did had to be something really, really unique. I didn't really understand kit bashing yet. So everything was pretty poorly sculpted and painted myself and just a, a one-off every time. Uh, and then I think it was after maybe seven or eight of those, I really wanted um, <clears throat> to continue the Rocky Horror Picture Show reaction figure set. They did six yeah. of those years ago and I'm a big Rocky Horror guy, but there were a few characters they didn't make. And I was like, yeah, I wanna give that a shot. So I learned about kit bashing. I made my first mold. And something about that kind of clicked for me of, oh, I really like doing this. This looks better than what I was sculpting. Uh, and so that sort of became the process where I would get the reaction figures. I think this is true for like 70% of us where mm -hmm. we, we get those, we kit bash them, sculpt some elements to them, 
and make molds. And so I, I was doing limited runs and like, I liked doing stuff that already existed, uh, you know, existing properties, but there wouldn't be toys of, or expanding upon sets that already existed. Uh, I recently did uh, Penny from Pee Wee's Playhouse because that was a figure I always wanted. Mm -hmm. And I gave it a similar look to the Super 7 figures that they released about a year ago. So it, it, it's something you could add if you have that set, but it's different enough you know it's not a Super 7 release. So I, just, I started finding my joy in that. Um, and especially with the card art, I love trying to recreate a certain look yeah. Uh, so I started, I started moving with that, did it off and on for a while. And then last year, last summer, at kind of the start of the lockdown stuff, I started getting into the, the VHS tape stuff and designing box art for tapes that I wanted. So I was starting to collect up tapes as kind of my um, COVID activity. I felt like I, I was safe going to thrift stores and just buying tapes because no one was touching them. Yeah. I'm like, all right, this is something I can, I can do. So I got really into doing that. So I'm doing both the toys and tapes at, at this point. This is about a year ago. And that's, I'd say last summer is when it started picking up momentum. I started having people noticing me more, doing more consistent sales. The tapes, I think the first month I sold tapes, uh, I sold maybe like four or five. The following month was like 13. And then it just kind of kept going every month from there. Now I do 30 to 45 a month. on Holy crap. Tape. Yeah, I mean it's it's awesome, and it, it's you know the fact that I'm I'm at like one a day pretty mm -hmm. much is is a, a great rate. But um, yeah, I mean I just I always grew up loving this kind of stuff, making things and doing things my way, and so I found this creative niche that I didn't know was out there, and this whole scene, and and creatively just felt kind of a, an awakening that I hadn't had in years. So at my job. Uh, I'd been there a few years doing motion graphics. It was, it was for this local company and creatively, I was just feeling kind of trapped. Uh, a lot of the sort of the people above me, I felt like weren't giving me enough creative leeway in what I was doing. I, I designed a lot of like social assets for Instagram and Facebook and YouTube. And I just felt like when I got the chance to do my thing, it went really well. Mm -hmm. And when I had to do what other people told me, it didn't work, but they just kept boxing me in. So I started thinking at the beginning of this year of 2021, maybe I need to change careers fully and, you know, start going with this toy thing. And I talked about it with my fiance back in December of 2020 when I wasn't really doing as much yet, but I said, I really care about this thing and I kind of want to do it. And she said, that's great. And I support you. Maybe don't just yet because you yeah. don't have a huge following. You're not making at that point I was making a little under a thousand a month, maybe on like a good month. She's like, I don't know if you're there yet, but you'll get there and I'll support you. You know, once it seems like it's, it's financially going to be okay. So I should say too, like, uh, I, I pay for most of our bills and oh. we have, we're getting married in a few months. So we've been yeah. saving. So it was kind of like, I, I need to make sure we're going to be okay. So this year I started going after it a lot harder staying up later at night, coming up with more stuff, fulfilling bigger orders, doing bigger runs of figures and started seeing some pretty consistent success, putting like 35% of my time into it. Mm -hmm. So then I looked at the numbers and I thought, if I were to go all in, I might be able to make this work. It's going to be rough at first, but I'm, I, you know, and I'm, there's a lot of learning, but I might be able to figure this out. 
And I talked to a lot of people. I talked uh, to people like you and other people in the, the bootleg toy scene. I talked to actual people in the toy industry. Yeah. Um, and just got advice from, from everybody. And they kind of all said, you know, take the leap. You're already thinking about it this much. You might as well. And mm-hmm. if you fail, you fail. Everyone's hiring right now. If you need a job, you can just go find a job. So yeah. you'll, you'll, you'll be okay, ultimately. So when I decided to quit, I made sure I'd saved up a little bit. And I was in pretty good shape. Uh, I talked to uh, Barbarian Rage, mm. uh, Scott Cherry, great guy. We talked for about an hour and a half one day. And he said that when he quit his job to do this full time, the first thing he did that day was he went out and he bought a work desk. He didn't even have a workspace. He was not established online, really, you know, but he he took that leap. So he told me based on where I was at, he's like, oh, you're you're fine. You're in way better shape than a lot of people. You know, you've been doing this for a little bit. You have your Instagram set up and, and Etsy and things. So the the day to day has been interesting because I was already working from home for the last year. So it wasn't too big of a jump. Like I'm, I'm still just in my workroom all day, uh, but it is weird to be on my own schedule to not have deadlines in the same way, which I do kind of miss. I, I like having deadlines. It, it, it motivates me to work a little faster. Yeah. Um, but I, I like having this level of freedom. I feel much better. I had a lot of anxiety at my last job and now I, f- I feel just renewed, I guess. And I'm, I'm just, I'm trying to do as much as I can follow my ideas and, and see where they lead me. And again, I'm lucky. I, I get a lot of good reception. Things land pretty well. Um, I don't think it's something everyone should try to do. And yeah. I don't know if it's going to work. I mean, like I said, I'm a month in, you know, a few months from now, maybe I'll be broken, destitute and freaking yeah. out and wondering, you know, what the hell have I done right now? It's great. It's fun. It's, you know, <laughs> sky's the limit, but, yeah. uh, yeah. If it helps, I remember the first time we talked and we were, uh, we talked a little bit about you wanting to take this leap, but now I think there, it seems like there's a calmness with you. Cause it's like, Oh, I'm doing what I love. They, like, regardless of it fails, it fails, but I'm at least doing what I love doing. And that's yeah. the sense I'm getting, which is if there was ever a moment to like, love this podcast, it's hearing this right now. The, the big fear and it's still here a little bit was just like the, the business part yeah. of it. I, I know how to create. I'm a, I'm a good creative and I know that, but like, I was terrified about taxes, about, mm. you know, my sole proprietor, like, or am I an LLC? What does that mean? You know, how do you go about all those things? And I, everyone just kind of told me, you'll figure it out as it comes. Just Google search some stuff. I mean, the first thing I did was I just registered uh, I did like a fictitious name registration with yeah. the state and then figured out LLC is not really the way to go when you're starting out. Mm-mm. I figured out I don't have to do quarterly taxes necessarily because that's based on previous year estimates. So yeah. I'm just, I'm getting better about saving receipts and and writing everything down and I'm going to pay annual next year, which is, is going to suck having to figure yeah. that out for the first time. But that's for future shadow to worry about. Yeah. Uh, now shadow's just... <laughs> Yeah, you know, taking it easy. And yeah. I was scared about, you know, I think the the legal fear that all of us bootleg toy dudes fear of, yeah. you know, we're using licensed imagery and logos and things like that. But talking to everyone, 
the, the worst I've heard of is just a cease and desist letter mm-hmm. for like some specific thing. And that's fine. If I had a figure that I had to take down, I don't care. I just don't want to be shut down completely or sued by anybody. But yeah, the, the other good thing that gave me confidence is about half of the figures and tapes I've made, the, if, if they're based on a real person, that person has seen it and bought mm-hmm. it or sent me a message saying, oh, I dig that. And like the fact that the majority of people out there, if you make a figure of them, they're not going to be that pissed. They're going to think it's pretty cool unless... Yeah they're already like a total dillweed. They're going to love it. So I've been lucky. Like I did um, the guys from weekend update, Colin Jost and Michael Che from Saturday night live. I did a two pack of them. That was one that I thought maybe a little risky SNL. That's, that's a big animal right there. Um, And like the next day I got a message from one of their representatives and I was terrified and it was, it sounded very formal. Like, hello, we're reaching out because, and I was like, we, we love them. Can you send us, two sets how much will it be and i have this rule of if someone that i made asks for something they get it for free because they're being cool about it uh so i sent it off and it was right before their season finale and i'm like maybe they'll use these in the show that'd be a like the biggest promotion ever and they didn't and you know it's fine but like the fact that they were still cool with it was enough for me i was like that's fine i don't i don't need you guys to promote me the fact that you were okay with this when you could have shut me down, I appreciate. So most people, yeah, I think are afraid of the legal, but those big entities out there don't care about people making action figures and VHS tapes in 2021. That's not on their radar. (laughs) They for sure don't. Disney, there was a person that reached out to me from Disney. A long time ago, I made, uh, if I remember correctly, it was like Disney Presents. And I did like Disney Presents, pollution and deforestation and poaching, all these things. And I, but I didn't actually use actual figures. I just like for pollution, I think I filled it with garbage. And then for like, it was like ocean, some landfill or something. I don't know. I did resin and mixed it with garbage to make it look like water. And someone from Disney was like, hey, the only issue is that it says Disney presents. So this cannot be a run. We're not coming after you, but this cannot be something that you do. And it was like, rad. They, I mean, thanks for the, like, yeah. they're already sold. They're <laughs> gone. Hey, thank you so much. It doesn't, okay, I'll, I'll shut it down. I think it also matters the context too. Cause like you're mm-hmm. mixing Disney with like something bad. And oh yeah. Whereas like, you know, my their characters. Yeah, like my stuff's very literal representation usually. I'm not like making someone look terrible or mocking people. Like I think that is the only way, and that stuff's fun. There's an edge to that for sure. But I think that's the only arena where you could run into issues is if you are representing someone in a way they don't want to be represented. Yeah. Um, So I mean, I, I, yeah. You're in a way you're kind of lucky that that's all you got. Was yeah. The wrist. Which and who and it could have been a, a like it wasn't an official Disney email, right? Like it was someone yeah. that clarified in their email, like, "Hey, I just work with Disney, so thank God it wasn't Uncle Mickey knocking on my door, yeah, like, trying to come after me." So you you make what is rad is not only do you make toys, but I love when artists do multiple mediums and you make those VHS tapes, which okay. You posted a contest not that long ago that was like, guess what tapes? And I go to thrift stores and antique shops enough that I was able to guess the three first tapes that you found 
immediately. <laughs> and it's just because they're of the shittiest quality, right? Yeah. But it was yeah, like you, my the, the rule. Yeah. The rule is that I was going to this thrift outlet and if people guessed, it was just like, a, I might do it again at some point. It was like, they could guess a tape that I would find. And if I found it, they could win something, but it had to be like an obscure or harder to find tape <laughs> yeah. to determine what they win. I, I even said, I'm like, you know, if you, if you say like Titanic or whatever, you're not going to win anything because yep. of course. And I think, yeah, you said Titanic, Veggie Tales, and, and Toy Story. Yep. And of, co- of course they have, the, everyone <laughs> does. So uh, yeah, on the video I said, all right, Yucko, you win, but also you don't because you're a tool. Yeah. And of course they'd have these. Yeah. Every thrift store I've ever been to has had those three movies on it. So I knew I was like, oh, I'm just going to shoot this out. No big deal. Like, this is what it is. If someone said like, like the Incredibles or Cars, which those are like, the Cars is one of the most valuable tapes, actually. That's worth about a thousand. That person would have won something huge. Yeah, it was, it was released. We interrupt this broadcast of Toys on Top to bring you this. Earth 2 Aliens have landed. Earthling. I want lowbrow art and bootleg toys. Toys, 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 toys. Well, you come to the right place. Earth to Kentucky is a shop for folks who love vintage sci-fi, lowbrow, and art bootleg toys. Toys, 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 toys. They're located over there at 836 Main Street, Covington, Kentucky. Toys, toys, toys. They carry original art, vintage action figures, designer bootleg toys, and toys, 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 and t-shirts. Designed exclusively for their store by some of their favorite artists. Thank you, Earthling. I enjoy Earth to Kentucky. I have all my favorite bootleg art toys. toys. Hey, look at that over there! It's a spaceship! Yeah. I need to go now. Someone's filming me in my spaceship. Shop now. www.earthtokentucky.com That's earth2kentucky.com Or just land your spaceship when they're open. Kind of after VHS, it was a mail-away tape. Mm. Just a slip sleeve of cars. And so as a result, no one has it. And it's one of the last big VHS that was released. So it's it sells for like a thousand to fifteen hundred. Uh, I'm hoping one day I'm yeah, gonna lock out and find one. <laughs> um, yeah, the tape stuff. Yeah, yeah. You create them and you do the custom idea. And what's cool is like, I bought one from um, uh, Mastercasters, right? They put that on VHS, yep. and I heard that you had influence in like either helping yeah. design or. And when I got it like it's well made and then they have like the scuffed edges because it's like oh we got to make this look like it's yeah and I think that that whole concept is like I'm getting to relive while also like having something that I absolutely love in front of me and so that's such that's such a cool way to do art yeah I will say with master casters that was a funny situation because uh admittedly I it was one of those things that I'd meant to watch and I had never sat down and watched it which is crazy Mm -hmm. And, and the guy who did it reached out to me, said, hey, I like the tapes you do. I want to release a, a limited run of VHS. And he's like, I have a design. I don't know if it's great. Can mm-hmm. I send it to you? So he did. And I, I honestly just reworked a lot of it, cleaned it up, um, added some different, yeah, like wear and tear overlays to make it look worn and then designed the labels that went on the tape itself. And then I kind of just gave him some advice of like, here's where you get it printed Here's the exact type of material, how to assemble it, just sort of gave him some guidance. And so to say thanks, he sent me the tape. uh, And so the first time I I actually watched it was on the tape, literally like just a couple weeks ago when I got it. So it's crazy. I was involved with it, hadn't seen it, just knew it was great, but I wanted to watch it for the first time on VHS. But yeah, I, I grew up with VHS 
and then like a lot of people our age like i said i'm, I'm 26 all of a sudden it was just gone mm-hmm. you know we had video stores i went to blockbuster hollywood video and i loved all that and then you wake up one day and all your tapes have been sold during a yard sale and you have dvds yeah and then a few minutes later it's all digital you know and i love physical media i've been a record collector for years and i started to miss watching my movies and having a movie collection so at the start of the pandemic i was going thrifting because again that just felt like one of the only safe things you could do there weren't a lot of people going thrifting i'd go at weird times of day and i started noticing vhs tapes that were really cool and you know they're a dollar at most and you can buy vcrs for like five bucks at thrift stores so I started collecting and I told my fiance, we were about to move into a bigger apartment. I said, I'm going to start collecting up some tapes. I know I'm a big collector guy, but don't worry. I'm going to keep it to maybe like 50 tops. It'll be a little shelf. I think we're about a year later now. I've got 600 or so. Holy (laughs) crap. Yeah. I I keep having to buy bigger shelves. Uh, They're in multiple rooms throughout our place. I mean, it, it, it exploded. And during that summer, I thought I really want to watch Stranger Things again. Uh, it's one of our favorite shows, but I want to watch it on VHS. Some people had designed tapes for Stranger Things, but none were for sale anymore. So I thought I'll figure it out. I spent about two months, a lot of trial and error, designing, printing on different materials, learning how to transfer the media onto the tapes. And then I got this set ready and people liked them. And I had such fun designing it that then I thought, I'm going to keep doing this. And there were some other tape guys out there. Uh, Nostalgia Video was probably the biggest inspiration where uh, he's the guy who built a video store like in his basement. Yeah. And his stuff is so sick. And he does the same kind of thing where it's just a labeled blank tape in the tape sleeve. So he's not selling a true boot, mm-hmm. but you get this very cool aesthetic looking art piece basically for like 12 to 20 bucks, depending on which release it is. So I thought I'll start doing that. I think to date I've released maybe 30 or so different tapes. um, And I've got a lot more coming and I've done a good bit of commissioned ones as well. And yeah, there, and and all of my tapes are new media or newer releases on VHS uh, or something even older. Like, like I did freaks and geeks. I was rewatching that and they never got a VHS release. The show came out in 99, but didn't get any sort of release until like 10 years later, it came out on DVD. I thought, man, that'd be so cool to have a tape of. So I started putting these together. Up until now, I've been selling them where they come with a blank. And when you get it, you can record the movie onto it yourself. Mm -hmm. And I started getting uh, pretty much every week, I get messages of people saying, does this come with the actual thing? Oh, it doesn't? Never mind. I'm not going to waste my money. And more and more tape people are coming out that are doing true boots like like this one girl i just followed released the um the snyder justice league on a two vhs set and it's like and it's an actual boot like it's it really comes with it and it's like forty dollars i think and a lot of people are doing it and i started messaging these people being like how are, are you getting permission are you just doing it and all of them said the same thing they're like no dude i'm just doing this it's VHS. I'm releasing a couple. These big companies don't care. Yeah. Like they're not losing money. It's not as big of an issue. 
So I'm, I'm, I'm admittedly, I'm testing the waters with it. I set up a new website on, on Big Cartel and I'm giving people an option where you can either get the blank if you just want it for aesthetics. Because a lot of people, that's all it is. They don't have a VTR. They just want a cool looking tape. If you want that, it's 15 bucks. It looks and feels legit. It comes with a blank. For $10 more, depending on what it is, I, I will put either the actual thing or something like it on there. I'm going to see how it goes. If I get a bunch of cease and desist, I get, I, you know, I'll shut it down. But yeah. I talked to some guys that have been doing it now five, 10 years, have never run into any issues. If anything, some of them got support and have actually partnered with Netflix or like A24, like real people reach out and go, oh, we actually like that. Yeah. Uh, let's do an official release, which would be super tight. But so I'm nervous about it, but. I, I can't afford to keep losing the business. Uh, I have the means to do this and I'm going to give it a shot. Um, and if it, if it isn't worth it, then I'll drop it and it's no problem. Um, so we'll see how it goes, but it is, I mean, it is fun and I understand a lot more people are getting VCRs and getting back into VHS. So to get to watch something on there is it, it does have a sort of special different feeling. Um, but yeah, I've got a bunch of big releases. I'm getting printed today that I'm coming out with. They might be out by the time this episode comes out. I'm doing Bo Burnham's Inside. That's coming out probably tonight or tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, loved that. And that made sense to me on a tape. And then I'm doing the modern, the newest Star Wars trilogy. Uh, I designed those boxes and they look they look tight. I'm really excited I, to put I, those I out. But to yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm gonna give it a shot. We'll see. Um, I'm, I'm just trying to kind of follow the trends, see where people are going with it. And more of these tape people are releasing actual media instead of just the aesthetic-y looking boxes. So we'll, yeah. we'll see how it goes with that whole scene. It's weird being part of both. I don't know other people that are equally involved in the bootleg toy scene and the VHS scene. I'm just indecisive. That's the whole reason why I am. I like them both <laughs> and decided to just combine them and... Some days I'm in a tape mood. Some days I'm in a toy mood. Yeah. And they, they're similar. Like there's a lot of overlap, but. Yeah. I think what's cool about this is it would take a special company to want to go after you for this stuff because it's an obsolete media, though we don't want to say it out loud. It is like we've moved past that. And yeah. so for a company to be like, man, you can't do that. Like, okay, come on. It's a yeah. tape. We're not going to show this at a movie theater. Like. We interrupted this broadcast of Toys on Top to bring you this. Bootleg Bonanza! Hey, check out what I just got. Oh my gosh, what is this stuff? These are bootleg art toys. What? Where do you find bootleg art toys? I find bootleg art toys at Bootleg Bonanza. Bootleg Bonanza! An alternative toy store that specializes in bootleg art toys, resin, and vinyl. Oh my gosh. This one's weird. Actually, they specialize in weird. Not only do they buy and sell and trade designer toys, they produce them in their fully equipped studio. Bootleg Bonanza! Where's this at again? Bootleg Bonanza. It's at 200 East High Street, Pottstown, Pennsylvania. Or you can head there online at www.bootlegbonanza.com. I don't know. Whose money do you spend on this? You didn't spend our money on this weird stuff, did ya? Um. I mean, what is this thing? Uh. Head there now, www.bootlegbonanza.com, and spend all your money. Bootleg Bonanza! Onion crap! Um, one of the well, things one, that... thing, one thing too that that's crazy I was reading this a uh, really good book about VHS collecting you know they get the FBI warning at the front of every movie everyone okay. remembers it growing up that was bullshit oh they you kind of they kind of found out historically um nothing ever happened like there was never an instance where the FBI like 
busted down someone's door and shut down their their bootleg tape opera like that was never a thing it was sort of an empty threat and it worked most people i know myself included would read that and go oh i'm not gonna mess with that yeah. that's it was a fear tactic and historically that's that's really it unless you're running like a massive factory releasing billions of dollars in of bootleg you know no they're not really going to come after you because it's not worth it for these companies to spend the money to try and shut you down when they're not really especially with vhs they're not losing money if anything we're giving them cool promotion you know and, and sort of doing something to keep whatever their thing is alive um and again like with that too like i did like bill and ted the newest one uh one of the two writers bought my tape uh and like i did a fake goonies 2 if that were to ever come out and the the director of the first goonies loved it and like you know i have people reach out saying keep doing it i love it and so yeah it's not hurting anybody i guess and yeah yeah, the fbi warnings are are bull (laughs) it reminds me of the one uh in the front of dvds as well when they like tried to make it more upbeat where it was like you wouldn't hit a woman with your car or whatever and it's like those could have always been so exacerbated right like you wouldn't do heroin why would you bootleg a it's like come on yeah come on. none <laughs> of those are equal like chill out it's just media i get so pissed off with um you know like i work with a bunch of kids and if we have a movie night it's like i have all these streaming services but all these streaming services have blocks where you can't put them through a projector Oh. And so it's like, that sucks. Like media is the only way that we can do a movie night. And I don't own any kind of media player. And so now I've had to like buy VCRs and buy DVDs. And it's like, yeah, oh, come on. So that's I whatever. Okay. So we have seen you in shows. I want to talk about it. Right. So you were in E2Ks. Two things with E2K actually. One you found an art piece from one of my favorite artists at E2K and correct. It was up on the shelf. Uh, maybe continue. Which, which, which thing? Oh, was Oh it? yeah. Steve Casino. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. So that's rad. And what was, do you have the art piece around you? Uh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's way in the background. Okay. Uh, Is it like one of his pole toys? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a little wooden car and, uh, it's not, it doesn't have the pull string, but yeah, you push it along and it's, it's pretty sizable. It's, it's sick. Yeah. Bad. He's, he's a local artist who I've been a fan of for about five years. I know people who know him and like, I know he, he works for this toy company, Bang Zoom Design downtown and I'm mm-hmm. friends with the owner and we've talked about Casino a lot and I'd never met him, yeah. but he lives like three miles from me. And yeah, he did a giveaway. It's it's for this um like mushroom day where Love artists it. put mushroom themed stuff out there, and it's like a big scavenger hunt. He did it last year, and I came within feet of finding it. And uh, this family found it right before I did, and I was the first person on the scene looking for it, and I was so upset. And at the time, I was like, I'm gonna get it next year. Yeah, I'm yeah. gonna figure it out. So I really got I got in Steve's head <laughs> before it happened, and I was like, "Where would he put this thing?" I was like, "I know he lives in Northern Kentucky, in Earth to Kentucky. Like he's been in there, he's had some pieces there, and he probably wants to help promote them. So I think it's gonna be near there." 
so his scavenger hunt thing would it started at noon uh on a saturday and i was parked over by earth to kentucky before he even posted like the hint or whatever for the scavenger hunt and right when he posted it i'm like okay i'm in the right place it sounds like it's at earth to kentucky and i go in and one of the two owners polly is in there who i'm really close with and i talk to her and she played dumb she's like i don't i don't know i haven't seen steve i don't know what you're talking about so i spent the next half hour running around town checking other possible places getting frustrated and then Casino shared a picture of the store of Earth to Kentucky. And I'm like, oh, she lied to me. It is so there. So I went back and I come in the door and Steve Casino's in there. Yeah. And it's him talking with the owner, Polly. And I'm like, oh, hi. And he's like, hey, you're Shadow. I know of you. And I'm like, oh, cool. Uh, same. So I, I hunted quick. And yeah, he, he had hid. It was this, this pull string, like wooden car with like a mushroom driving it uh that was hidden in a captain crunch box on top of a shelf and i found it and like a minute later a dozen people came into the store and were all hunting for it and so i just lucked out and i finally got to meet casino and we we got to talk for a little while and we met up again uh like a week later to talk toy for like an hour i mean truly like the nicest guy uh yeah. And I, I love getting to connect with these types of people and, and to know that they're really cool in real life. But yeah, that was huge. And yeah, Earth to Kentucky is a huge part of my life for sure. Yeah. You know, yeah, I love uh, ETK, Gustin and Polly and all the things that they do. And um, it's so rad. And I think I, I so I saw the scavenger hunt starting and I went to my wife and I was like, hey, there's a high chance that I need to get a plane ticket within the next like <laughs> 45 minutes and she was like okay I mean do we need to both go like are my worried I was like no no no, it's for a toy but I need to go find it and so she just could not understand but yeah he's one of my I think he's one of my favorites because he like when people shit on the things that he does he'll post the comments and stuff yeah. Which is rad. It's like, that's such a funny way to do that. And he'll have like funny answers and yeah, that whole thing is amazing. So second thing with E2K, you were in their show, the Lynch show, which I'm stoked for. You want to talk about those pieces? Yeah, for sure. So that, that was such a cool experience. Um, Cause yeah, that was their second show. Their first one was the the new wave themed show, show uh, yeah. to toy division. And I had a uh, one piece in that. And it was great, but it was still during COVID, so they couldn't do a proper opening. They mm-hmm. just did like a, an Instagram live, and it was fun, and a lot of the pieces sold. Uh, but this David Lynch show, the toys are not what they seem, that was going to be like a true opening. And I didn't know what to expect, because this was right when restrictions were being lifted. People were getting vaccinated. Uh, it opened a little over a month ago. So I made three pieces for it admittedly not the biggest david lynch fan i i know some of his stuff and in preparation my fiance and i watched all of twin peaks and loved it and i'm like why have i never watched this um yeah. but i did one figure from twin peaks uh is michael sarah has a brief cameo uh in the most recent season as this kid wally brando it's a very weird if, if you're not familiar with it it's like a five minute scene and it's just very strange and that's all he does so that was the first figure I did. 
And then I've never seen the movie Eraserhead, which is one of Lynch's like most famous works. So I decided to make an action figure of uh, like what Eraserhead looks like of this kind of like dude in a suit, but then the actual head is just a, a pencil eraser. <laughs> and the whole description on it is like Eraserhead. This is what it is. Yeah. I, I think I haven't seen it. And on the back, I just wrote my best guess of what the movie's about based on Google image searches. Love it. Uh, and then the final one that I did very last minute uh, was a Twin Peaks one. In the show, there's always whole tables covered in donuts whenever like the cops are doing anything or like they're in this sheriff station and it's so obscure and they're, they're just stacked up. And so I got a bunch of like loose Hobby Lobby little dollhouse donuts and just yeah. carted them and called it stacks of donuts as like a, one of those cheap little, you know, $25 throwaway ones. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I put those up there. They all sold out, which is great. Yeah. Uh, most of the show sold out. Thank you. Um, but the, the most exciting part was the, the night, the opening. I went there and I thought maybe it'll just be me, you know, yeah. who's, who's going to show up. And it was, it was packed. It was insane. You could barely get in the door. And yeah. there were people that really traveled. I, there was a girl who talked to me for a bit and bought one of my pieces. We barely talked, but then we messaged more that night and she didn't tell anybody at the time. She drove up from Southern Tennessee. And this is almost in Cincinnati for those that don't know. This is like on the border of Kentucky and Ohio. She drove maybe five hours, I think, and came up just for the show, hung out for a half hour, drove back and had work at like five in the morning the next day. And Holy she told God. me, she's, she's like, she's like, I came here because I'm a fan of you and Dan O'Brown. I just wanted to see you guys' stuff. And I was like, that's insane. Like, yeah. and a bunch of people did that. They, they traveled out just to see this show. Uh, and so I know Dustin and Polly were thrilled. I mean, they, they truly didn't know what to expect. And it meant the world to them that all these people showed up and showed the support and were excited. Uh, and they're going to continue doing shows. Someday you got to get out here. I, you know, and, yeah, you know, you gotta I, let me know when you do, so I can come meet up with you over there. And yeah, so, yeah. Full disclosure: here is my. I mean, well, I don't want to cut off the show, like what we're talking about, but I want to work it out. I haven't reached out to Dustin about this, but I want to work it out where I come out and the artists that are local there. We do a round table where everyone has a mic, and we are doing like that kind of a podcast. It's like in the shop when people walk in, they see it like that kind of style. That would be sick. Cause yeah. I, yeah, there's me and Steve Casino. Dustin, though he doesn't like to think it, he's a toy artist in his own right. Oh, he's so good. He's very, he's the most humble, yeah. shy dude about it, but he's really, really amazing. And then One Trick Pony is out there. Yep. Yep. Um, I think there's one other person. I can't remember who, but yeah, it's, it's a smaller group, but everyone out here is becoming more visible, I think, because yeah. Earthy Kentucky is helping with that and helping connect that that scene yeah and I like what's cool is I've been trying to figure out in my own right like man what is my contribution to the toy community and like I love making toys I love creating that's cool but I want to go deeper and I think the podcast has been such a cool way to say like hey meet these artists like if you haven't engaged in this type of art here you go yeah and you know I think we since we're all in a digital space it's hard to know 
how are regular people reacting to our stuff? We hear yeah. from other toy fans, but like the benefit of this physical store, I go in there almost every week and I like to just hear what people are saying as they're mm -hmm. walking around and looking at everything. And I'll even put out a few new figures and I'll hear people come in and start checking it out. And I love getting that real time reaction. And I know for a fact with your stuff, you always have a lot in there. And I've said this to you a few times before, but the benefit with your work is it's some of the most uh, affordable and easily attainable. Mm -hmm. And that, I mean, that's how I discovered you it was I went to earth to Kentucky the first time wanted to buy something, picked up one of your Ikea build a bot looking Thanks. things. Yeah. I, thought, I love it. I was like, that's awesome. And it's not like a hundred dollars. So of course I'm going to yeah. pick it up. Uh, but I mean, a lot of people check out your stuff and I, I get to hear them reacting of, of how funny or cool or whatever it is. And so it's, it's nice getting to interact in real life with people about this stuff. Cause I think a lot of the time us artists feel like we're on our little Island and mm -hmm. occasionally we, we send out messages and bottles to other toy artists and connect a little, but places like earth to Kentucky, um, bootleg Bonanza and people like you are helping to give voices to everyone and really connect this community and make it, uh, uh it's, it's own scene. You know, I feel like a few years ago it was not, apparent you had a few toy artists out there doing their own thing and that was cool but there was not a bootleg toy scene it's really in the last couple of years that that sort of exploded but. yeah and i think what's cool i mean cool and scary is i've told uh new toy artists i was like hey like you got in under the wire right like with covid hitting we all had a full like 16 months to start a new hobby and get this going but if you didn't get in during covid I can't imagine how hard it's going to be to get into it after everyone yeah. has started doing this. It's got to be tough. I, I see every week someone new will follow me. That's mm -hmm. got maybe five posts, like a hundred followers, and they might be doing really great toys and really quality stuff. But like it, it, it while it's growing, it is still a smaller scene and you have such established voices yeah. that I got to imagine those people coming in, it's going to be pretty hard. I mean, I see people that have posted more consistently than me and are doing more stuff than me and not making any sales, you know, not getting out there as much. And yeah, I, I agree. I think you have to have come in at a really good time. And that's feels like it's sort of ending a little bit and mm -hmm. I'm sure it'll come in waves, but we did have this big boom because everyone was stuck being children for a year at home and having to entertain themselves. Yeah. So yeah. And I know you came about during this time too, yeah. And you've grown really fast. And, you know, everyone I talk to knows you, yeah. you know, and you and I both have about the same follower count. We're mm -hmm. a little over 1500 or so. Yeah. We're not anywhere close to, you know, some of these really established guys like Dan O'Brown or, you know, Magoob or any of those guys. But like, we still have a very committed group, I think, that are really into what we do. And it's going to be harder and harder to build that audience as we go forward. Oh uh, yeah. And I think uh, with like conventions coming, that's going to be super helpful for people. But even now, like, I, I don't know that I'll go to all the conventions. Like, I don't know that that's something that I'm super into at the moment. Um, and I don't know, like, because it was like, I came about when conventions weren't happening. So yeah. I don't know. It's like, we figured out that we didn't need a convention to sell toys. Right. And so that's a scary thing. Cause I've been told time and time again that we got to pay our dues but I don't think that's as true as we thought 
I mean, I think everything's changed. Yeah. yeah. Like in the sense that a lot of people are quitting their jobs and trying different things or like with, like I never would have done this if we hadn't been locked down for a year and I figured out I could work from home. I never thought I could do that. I never thought I could work yeah. remote anywhere, realize that I could. And so I think, yeah, everyone has had this huge shift in the way that you enter this scene and the way it works as an animal has fully evolved into something else. I, I was talking to someone in the actual toy industry, I won't name names, who's also into the bootleg stuff, who said to me, oh yeah, it's great. You have all these new artists coming out, um, but that bubble's gonna burst soon. Mm. Like there's gonna be a point where it becomes oversaturated and you have so many toy artists out there trying to push all their stuff that then that audience just shuts down because it's too much. And I was like, I hope you're wrong. <laughs> yeah. Or if that happens, it's a ways away uh, because damn, I mean, this thing's just picking up and it was, it was kind of an ominous thing to say. Mm -hmm. um, and it's even more reason why I'm, I'm personally just trying to find real toy industry work to do as well to eventually transition into that and, and have a, a salaried thing instead of, you know, having to spend the rest of my life relying on pushing and, and being a salesman. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I hope it doesn't end up like that. I, I feel like it was kind of a pessimistic outlook. Um, yeah. But because I, th I think everyone's doing such different stuff. Yeah. That's yeah. the benefit. We're not all putting out the exact same thing. And so I think you have different audiences for different people. Like the people that are a big fan of like Ghoul of Gaba and are obsessed with his stuff mm. aren't going to love the kind of stuff that like Redful Things is doing because they're so different of like yeah. one is very artsy, one is very much a physical like representation of a person as a toy. So yeah, I think the diversity will keep us alive for a while at least. Yeah, what's crazy too is I think... Um... Like, I'm glad you brought up, like, his art is incredible, right? And then you look at um, people like Healy made and, like, their art is incredible. And both artists, like, do such great work, but they're on opposite ends of the spectrum that is the toy creation. Like, uh, and I, what's, what's cool, there's a, uh, there's a couple people I've seen that have collected, like, man, a span of all these different artists' toys. And every once in a while, they'll post about it. And their collection looks off the wall because there's so many artists from different backgrounds, but all of them are so pristine and they're so good. And that I think I love that about this community so much. Like we're I all was thinking about that actually this morning a little bit, how the bootleg toy scene is such a weird in-between world between the art world and the toy industry. Yep. We're not in either. And we live in this sort of middle ground. And, and someone like Ghoul, I would consider more in the art world, not the toy world, because his figures aren't what's important. You know, mm -hmm. his card art is like a photo of Rudy Giuliani that's been painted to look like a monster. And that's what you're going to notice. You don't really care about the figure. And the figure usually has nothing to do with the card art. So he feels like more of a traditional artist. And then when it comes to toy stuff and actual like playable stuff, I think of someone like Magoob who does like, like the little battle station. Mm, That's not yeah. a precious art piece. That's something you're going to take out and put the stickers on and you're supposed to play with. That feels more toy industry. Whereas the majority of us live in that in-between space where it looks and feels like a toy, but you keep it in the plastic. It's not posable. It's handmade and it's supposed to stay on your wall like yeah. a piece of art, but it's not regarded as much in the art world 
or in the toy world. So we we do live in this weird liminal in between spot. And yeah. I, I definitely think you and I, although we both do very different stuff, are in that same boat of you're not really supposed to take it out and play with it. It's really you, you put it on the wall. It's it's a piece of art. Yeah, I remember selling when I first sold the IKEA robots. I did one that was an R2D2 run. And it was only because I had torn an R2-D2 apart and I had extra parts that got thrown into that blister. And a guy messaged me and he was like, awesome. I can't wait to get it, open it and build the R2-D2. And I was like, okay. I like, I mean, that's cool that you want to do that. Here's yeah. the part. It's missing half the parts. You'll get a weird looking droid out of it. Also, I've cut most of the plastic, so it's not going to go back together. Yeah, it's like they missed the joke. Like yeah, they, they they took it very very literally. Which I've is had cool. Maybe, yeah, yeah. I've had maybe like two or three people. I've seen pictures where they've taken the figure out of the box, and I'm like, man, you must be really disappointed. That thing's not mm -hmm. poseable, and it might not stand that well because I don't always make the feet flat, and it's not yeah. always very balanced because it's a weird art piece. So yeah, and I I try to make that very distinguishable. Like if I make a piece that is poseable and you can play with it. I'll make it an openable blister. Like yeah. if it's not openable, don't pry it open because it's not the point of it. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's always something that I think about when people get toys. Uh, so one thing we're going to do a quick praise though of you as an artist, because I have something that like you have, you know, we talked and it like two things that you have done have kind of inspired what I do with this podcast, which is rad. Right. So like wow, thanks, yeah. you work with retro media. And so as I was looking, when I first started this, I was like, man, I, though I offer exposure, right? Like this toy podcast is really just something I enjoy and I'm hoping the other people enjoy it as well. But what can I do to give like just a small gift? Like, Hey, thank you so much. I appreciate you. And so I started putting the like episodes on cassette and sending it. Yeah. And so now I have cassettes that are like headed all over the world. So I'm super excited about that. And they're like, people are posting about it and they're stoked about it. Um, and then like, secondly, when you reached out, you had said like, uh, and this is a little behind the scene thing. Like when I first started, I was recording so many episodes, right? And I was trying to find work in like hobby balance. And you were like, hey, we recorded a month ago, but so much has changed. And so I was like, oh, like I didn't even think or process that that was an issue. And so I started messaging people and like moving them around on the people to come. And I was like, hey, I want to give you guys the quickest turnaround possible now. Like I'm looking for no more than three weeks away that this episode airs. And so yeah. like because of you, like my whole schedule got readjusted in one day. And <laughs> well, so uh. I'm sorry and you're welcome. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I felt bad at first. I was like, oh, I'm giving him extra work. But I thought about it a lot and, and remembered what we talked about then. Because, yeah, we talked about a month and a half ago and I was in a very scared spot because mm -hmm. I wasn't sure. Am I going to quit this job? Should I talk about that? And what am I promoting? And, yeah, I, I think if you talk to someone like, you know, like Suck Lord, who's been doing it forever, if you yeah. talk to him now versus in a few months, he's going to talk about most of the same stuff because his journey has kind of reached a pretty consistent point. Maybe he's promoting different stuff, but yeah. it's not like he's going to have a huge development necessarily. Whereas some of us newer guys, 
that are picking up momentum, yeah, from month to month could be a huge difference and people can blow up in that time. And so, yeah, I, I definitely think it it mattered to kind of do a re-record because I thought, yeah, if this comes out soon, most of it uh, is invalid because I was, I was scared and talking about all these other things. And yeah. um, the cassettes, dude, I love it. I mean, I was so psyched when I saw you post about it. Thank you. Thank and especially because I've thought about doing my own cassettes because I think they're rad. Do it. But I was, I was, I haven't had like a solid enough idea of like, yeah. oh, this is what I would make. Um, but they look so good, and yeah, I'm, I'm so excited about it. Uh, and I, I gotta real quick say too, I love the new logo for Toys on Tap. I love Thank the redesign. You. Did you have you done both of these, or did an artist do both of the logos? Or so I lucked out. So my best friend is he's a rad artist and he was the one that pushed me into toys and told me that my name was going to be yucko like all these things um he's a tattoo artist in fresno and which is in california and he looked at my logo one day and he was like yo i love you that's a shitty logo and i was like hey i trust you well enough to, <laughs> to like to talk let's talk about this and he was like the concept is really cool but i want to redesign it can i do that I was like, absolutely, let's do this. And this mother effer like redesigned it and sent over like a beautifully done one with shading and shat, like all kinds of stuff on it. And I'm stoked with it. So, so you designed the first one? Yeah, the first one I was okay. like, how can I make this? Because the show when I originally started was on Vimeo and it was really us sitting down together drinking a beer. Right. And then I like, I love the idea of that type of conversation um, and I can't tell you how many people I get on here. They're either drinking a beer or coffee or something. So we're still doing that toys on tap, but then it started morphing cause I wanted to do a podcast, but I still loved the logo. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, I, let's yeah, do it. I, since I know you designed it, <laughs> the thing that always bothered me was, and you're probably aware of it on the like beer mug element, mm -hmm. the perspective on it was Off. kind of wonky. Yeah. yeah. And so in the new logo, I'm like, yeah, that looks, that looks correct. There we go. Like yeah. it, it looks very cohesive. Yeah. It, it looks gorgeous. And the vibrancy, especially on like the cassettes looks sick so thank yeah you, thank a, you. a great upgrade man for sure yeah he he designed it and uh here's i mean the the shitty part about design right like all the stickers that you've had produced of that or all the like images you wanted to design all gets thrown away now yep and i have to do a restart and so like my wife was like oh you're gonna order more stickers and i was like i mean yeah i like all the other ones are kind of over it's done yeah and so yeah it was it was cool he he did me a solid just because he loves me for some God forsaken reason. But uh, I'm super stoked about this whole thing. So we're coming up to that 40, 45 yep. minute mark. And because this is full time, please, you do this full time. Take as much time as you need. Plug <laughs> everything you're doing. Like, sure. how can we get to you? How do we get to customs? How do we um, get figures that you currently have on hand? And yeah. then maybe what's coming next or any shows that you're going to be a part of. Uh, first, I got to say, I love that you do this part because I really love watching hot ones in the background mm -hmm. when I'm working. And at the yeah. end of it, Sean Evans always goes, all right, this is your moment. You got this camera, this camera, this camera. Tell the people what you're doing. So it makes me feel like I'm on that show for a second. Um, Full disclosure, <laughs> I did screw up one time and it was the Suck Lord episode. <laughs> and I was like, 
hey, I mean, maybe you don't need to explain who you are. And he even asks in the podcast, he's like, I, I don't like, do people know me? And I was like, oh, and like listening back, I was like, damn, like I should have taken that moment and just plugged <laughs> all of it, but I didn't. <laughs> um, I love that. Uh, yeah, I've, I've got a lot going right now. Um, if you're not familiar with any of my stuff, first place to look is on Instagram. It's Valishard Toys and Tapes. If you just type Valishard, which is V-A-L-A-S-H-A-R-D, it'll pop up. Uh, so go check out my work there. I just set up uh, a big cartel website, which is where I'm going to start kind of transitioning. I was selling on Etsy. I'm trying to move some stuff over to there. Uh, as of recording this, I have made no sales on big cartel. I just launched it two days ago. So go buy something. So I know the website works. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I'm going to be doing some exclusives on there as well. So I've got tons of tapes that I'm coming out with over the next month. Uh, lots of new figures in the works. Um, some of my more recent releases I'm still stocked up on. My most, uh, I think, exciting new release is Pee Wee Herman Munster, which is a mashup of Pee Wee Herman and Herman Munster. Love and I think place. it's sick as frick, and one person has bought one. So go check that out, because it's dope as hell. Um, I don't know of any big shows I've got coming up. Uh, whatever Earth to Kentucky is doing next, uh, I'll definitely be a part of, of course, and I'm always selling out of them. Uh, I was involved in a mini documentary about Earth to Kentucky that should be coming out, I think, in the next couple of weeks. So be on the lookout for that. And if you ever want anything done by me, I do commissions pretty much all the time. It takes me a few weeks to work through them. I have a, a list, but I do custom VHS tapes, which will come with the actual media on them, starting around 50 bucks. And then custom action figures, uh, usually those start around 80 and go up dependent on subject matter and complexity. So just get into my DMs on Instagram, you know, get in touch with me and we'll, uh, we'll figure something out. And uh, yeah, there's a, there's a lot more coming and I'm going to just keep amping it up. Uh, and I'll, I'll tease, I have a, a figure coming out hopefully in the next couple of weeks. I don't want to say what it is yet, but I think it's going to be sweet. I'm really heavily illustrating the card art and i'm just going to say it'll go really well with your super seven reaction figures of he-man lion o your your ninja turtles it's a figure that will fit in that set really beautifully so just you'll know when it comes out be on the lookout for that <laughs> I, love, I love that you mysterious tease yeah you're going to produce something that we already want because we have the other things yeah, yeah. Love that. Um, yeah, and so do you, when they reach out for a custom and they're like, oh, this is what I want, do you have a form that you send them or is it just only through communication? Not yet, just because okay. I, it, it's always so different. I like to make it more of a conversation and I like to send a lot of updates as I'm working on stuff. And, you know, I think if you're filling out some paper, it, you don't connect with the artist as much. I like yeah. to ask a lot of questions and make sure you're gonna get something that you are really excited about and really happy with. Love that, love that so much. Valashard, thank you so much for being on this podcast. Of course, man, appreciate you, thank you.
new from Toys on Tap. Toys on Tap. The next episode. The next episode. It's great. It's amazing. You're going to want to listen to it. It's not right now, though. You're going to have to wait till the next episode to listen to it. Oh, when's that? The next one. Cool. Toys on Tap. Toys on Tap. The next one's going to be good, too. So stay tuned and, and, and listen to that. Toys on Tap. Awesome.